this is Dean Carnassus, the Ultra Marathon Man, and you are listening to the FitCast. Hello, and welcome to the K-Selk and Fun's FitCast. We have an exciting end-of-summer lineup for you today. All kinds of good stuff, huh? Oh my gosh, I can't believe summer's fucking over. <laughs> I could not be happier. I oh, could yeah, not oh be. yeah, you could not be. I forgot. <laughs> The highs have lowered themselves from 99 or 100 down to 89 or 90, so we're happy about that. Today it was 92, but it was a hot day. I could I could deal with that. I could deal with that. It definitely wasn't as nice. When I was there in February, it was like 80. It was perfect. Oh, yeah, you're fine in February. We'll be good for another eight or nine months, nine months probably, and then, uh, then the heat will start creeping back in, and I'll be jealous of you guys. Well, in... Chicago, all our glory days are over. So what's Summer going on up there? Yeah, what's going on up there for you? Well, I, I talked last time about the Divi Triathlon that was coming up. Divi yeah. is the bike share bikes in Chicago, and the triathlon is where you swim, bike, and run. And the Divi Triathlon is where you swim, then you bike on the bike share bike, and then you run. I think you and I think you wore the 2015 women's champ for that race, weren't you last year? I was. I won for the women in 2015 and I have sad news to report. What's I that? did not win in 2016. I can't imagine there was somebody faster, but apparently there was. Huh? I don't even know who she was. She was amazing. Oh. She was so good. <laughs> she probably came she, from Europe or something, the damn Europeans. She did 17 miles an hour on the Jimmy bike. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> 17. Like... Nobody hit 17 on a divvy bike, even going downhill. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Your little, her little legs must have been going real fast. Oh, my God. She was amazing. And so it was me and my friend, Emro, that were competing over first. Of course. Because I won last year, and Emro won two years ago. Yep. By the time we got to the run, I just saw this girl had taken off. And when I passed Emily on the run, I had to tell her, we're, we're not going to win this We're year. behind. <laughs> we're behind. And I I was devastated. But you know what? There's always next year. I'm a Cubs fan. There's always next year. <laughs> we don't have to worry about next year as a Cubs fan, do we? I don't. Yeah, you're right. We probably don't. <laughs> we'll see. We hate, to, we hate to jinx it. But, uh, yeah, things are going well for the Cubby. So uh, was that your last race of the season? Well, then, that was really my last race of the season. And I did a relay the next day. We talked extensively about my sprained ankle with the podiatrist that was on last yeah. episode. Yeah. And I, my ankle was not in good running condition. Okay. Um, so I did the Chicago Olympic distance triathlon yep. the next day. Yeah. And I had one of my teammates run for me. Okay. And she, she broke her elbow. So okay. she couldn't bike or swim. The only thing she could do was run. Sounds like so a perfect we were a team. Perfect, we were a perfect match. <laughs> perfect team. So, uh, so you did the first two legs, and she finished it off. That was it, and she was running in super hot weather. It was not fun for her. <laughs> so, what else have you been witnessing any races lately? Well, so my divvy try was a super sprint distance. Yeah. Which, based on my calculations, isn't even one tenth of a full Ironman. Ah, right. Wow. Believe yeah. it or not, it's not even one tenth, and that is what I witnessed yesterday. 
I witnessed wow. a full Ironman. I went out and I, I volunteered and I spectated at the Wisconsin Ironman. Did anybody do it on, it was, it was in Madison, did anybody do it on a B-cycle or Divi? Uh, you know what? I didn't. I volunteered one of the bike stations and I saw zero. <laughs> zero bike sharing? Bike share bikes. I did see a few. Most of the bikes were tri bikes. I did see a few road bikes come by. Okay. Uh, but no mountain bikes either, surprisingly. That's a I long, wonder why. That's a long way to go. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, fantastic. And we had some friends in that race. Oh my gosh, we had so many friends. I want to give a shout out to um, Laura Kelly, who yep. finished in 12 hours and 20 minutes. Uh huh. That, that's okay. incredible. That's an amazing time. It was her very first Ironman, and she finished that quickly. Not only is it not only is it her very first Ironman, but I'm going to double the shout out to Laura Kelly because a year ago, just before I left Chicago, we were out kayaking, and we were talking about triathlon. She's like, "Yeah, I'm going to get into triathlons. I signed up for Ironman next year." I'm like, "What do you mean you're going to get into?" You're going to get into it. <laughs> so that oh, was she the, killed it that too. Was the, she didn't even like just finish it; like she killed it. That was the very first triathlon she ever signed up for, and she did one in between there. But that was the first one she signed up for. She did an Olympic distance. That takes that takes some guts. Good for her. So shout out to LK. Oh my God, she's amazing. And then also Ella Wood. Yep, uh, the one of the one of this world's most amazing people on the planet. Most amazing, most positive people. Yeah, yeah. she's she's incredible. So she competed yesterday as well. Um, oh my gosh. It, like, I was honestly exhausted just watching this race. And people say that, like, oh, you're running so fast, I'm getting tired watching. No, I was fucking exhausted. Well, I was exhausted. I, like, couldn't even stand anymore by the end of the day. I'm like, these people are running a marathon, and I did jack shit today, and I can't even stand, like... It, it, re it reiterated that I am not ready to do an Ironman. <laughs> Well, yeah, I can't even remember the last time I was up for 12 hours straight without taking a nap, at least. Oh, I know, right? And then you have to wait until, like, 9 p.m. or whenever you finish to start drinking beer. Jeez, <laughs> exactly. what is this? I know, that's, that's, that's a little too much, so I'm happy with our, our Divi Super Sprints. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to, Fonz? Have you been going anywhere, doing anything? Just got back. So I just came off a tour. Nice. Uh, I'm still kayaking, enjoying the kayaking tours. The bats are amazing. Everybody should come down to Austin and take the Live Love Paddle yeah, Bat Tour. that's right. They have the bats, so this is the time of year for them. This is it, yep. You were here before they came, but, um, yeah, they're here, and there's two million bats that fly out of the bridge every night, and we go, and we take them down there, and I tell dumb bat-slash-kayak jokes. Maybe I'll pull it out here later in the podcast, but we'll see. A, a, a bat joke? I didn't know there were multiple, like, jokes plural. Well, there's not only multiple jokes about bats, but there's most, multiple jokes about bats that include kayaks. So. Um, yeah, you're going to have to pull one of those out. <laughs> we will. Maybe maybe later. Uh, and if any of our listeners have any email jokes about bats, you can email us at kselkandfonsfitcast at gmail.com. kselkfonsfitcast at gmail.com. I always fuck that up. I fuck that up every single time. It's just not in my head. It's kselkfonsfitcast at gmail.com. You got it this time. Good <laughs> job. Right. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing the kayaking. I just got back from a trip from... Houston. I was down in Houston to see the Cubs beat up on the uh, Astros. So that was fun. Uh, Cubs won two of three. I was only at two of the games. Oh, only two in the series. Oh, yeah. it was a, a 
day for you. Huh? It was a three game. Well, the Friday, the Saturday night game was or Sunday game was changed to a night game, so they didn't play till seven. And I figure I better get back. So, did that. The Bears were also down there on Sunday just to play the uh, Houston Texans. I missed that because why the hell would I stick around Houston and watch the Bears when I can come home and watch the Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Aaron Rodgers, they won. <laughs> they did. What a finish, man! That was quite a game. Oh my God! You know what? It was it was a really good game. Like that mm-hmm. was an exciting game. Yes, it was. It was a lot of fun. So uh, I only actually got to see. I listened to part of it. I have an app that you can listen to radio stations across the country. So I was listening to it on the on my uh, phone while I was like cleaning kitchen and stuff. But uh, I did watch the end because the Bears game ended. The Bear. It's, I believe it or not. I'm here in freaking Austin, Texas, and the Packer game gets preempted by this stupid Bears game, just like I was in Chicago. Oh, God. Uh, but that game ended early, and Jay Cutler got his ass kicked, and the game ended early, so they put on the end of the Packer game I got to watch, so that was good. Uh, other than that, Project Austin's crushing it. We, uh, we're regularly at 20 people, and that people are going out to breakfast and happy hours. It's been a great time with Project Austin. That's amazing. Good for you guys. Yeah, so uh, I'm really excited about that. Uh, Gina and I are doing, doing we're splitting the workouts up, and uh, things are going great. And I got one more trip planned. What? Where are you going? Chicago, my Chicago. kind of town. Chicago will Chicago. be uh, October 20th through 26th, I believe it is. So I'm there over the weekend. Um, let's look at the Ooh, You know what that weekend would be really good for? Well, all I want to do while I'm when I'm up there is run a mile as fast as I can. I was just thinking that. I'm like, it would be great for, remember the 13 by one mile relay? Of course I remember it. We it's... had 13 people each run one mile around a track. Yep. And November Project Chicago won. Yes, yes. And uh, I believe uh, old Katie Clark is still probably feeling the pain from that one, huh, Caitlin? Uh, sh- she'll get over it. <laughs> I bet she'll come to our side. I bet she'll join our team because oh. she knows we're winning. <laughs> well, if we if we bring her along, if we bring K- Katie along, maybe we can get Becca too because she's pretty fast. I'll take it, Becca Menke. So, yeah, so that I'm, I'll be in I'll be in uh, Chicago, and there's nothing more I would rather do, uh, Andrew, than <laughs> Andrew Watt. Who's, <laughs> oh, we gotta tag him in this. <laughs> then swim, uh, or sorry, run exactly one mile around a around a around a track, and then drink some beer. So, and then take it home for November Project. So. I think that sounds like a perfect weekend. Let's drink some beers. Let's, yes, I will very much enjoy that. So I will see you then. Yay! I'm so excited. I'm so excited you're coming. Speaking of seeing, what's our main topic today? <laughs> oh, that was a bad joke. <laughs> oh. I got a segue somehow. I don't have these pre-written up. We have some amazing athletes on our show today. Mm-hmm. Um, our they're blind athletes. That was the bad joke that Fonz just made. <laughs> Speaking of seeing, we have two blind athletes today. Okay, and fantastic. And our first guest is one of my good friends, Larry Hale. And I love Larry. God, Larry, we've been there so much. I met him at a conference through work. We, at the time, were both working in the transit industry. And he, he's a huge transit nerd. Oh, my God, we're not even going to talk about trains today because this guy will go off topic. Larry, we're not talking about trains. We're talking about sports, okay? Seriously. <laughs> um, he showed me around Chicago. He's originally from D.C. Uh-huh. He was living at Boston at the time, and literally we're on the train together, 
And he's like, oh, you should get on this train instead of the other one. And he's fucking, like, he's not, he's not from Chicago. He's been there a couple of times, and he's blind. And he's fucking showing me around. <laughs> well, that's that's fantastic. And I imagine he's maybe showing you around on, a, on the race course as well sometime. Yeah, well, he's he's a beat baseball player. I don't even so know what that, that means. Sport of tra- I, well, we're going to learn about it. Oh, okay. Too. We're going to learn about beat baseball, what it is. And yeah, so what's up, Larry? Welcome, Larry. Hello, everyone. How's it going? Uh, you know, I just hanging out here and maybe not so good old Maryland. Um, yeah. <laughs> everything as well. Just got back from the Boston area this weekend. Um, we were talking about the Renegades, and we just finished an exhibition game with one of our major contributors, um, the Woburn Host Lions Club. And for those who don't know, the Lions Club, is they tend to be big-time supporters of um, those who are blind. Um, there are Lions Clubs all over the country. Um, there's a few Lions Clubs in Maryland. Um, there's a lot of Lions Clubs in Massachusetts. There's probably a few in California. They do a lot to support. Um, my dad, my dad's a lion. My dad's a lion. My dad's a lion. He does his uh, fundraisers every year. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yep. Greenville, yep, Wisconsin. Indeed. So the Renegades—that's your beat baseball team, right? Yes. Yeah, so I play for. Um, Yep, the Boston Renegades. Um, we started playing in the National Beat Baseball Association, which is the it's the Nash, NBA of uh, well, I guess it's the National Baseball League. So um, it's the National Baseball League of beat baseball, uh, beat baseball, or we're the blind equivalent to. Um, whatever is the National Baseball League for sighted players. So do you have like awesome? So, so do you have like a hundred? Do you have like a hundred and seventy million dollar contract over the next eight years or anything? Like I'm, I'm working on that. Oh, okay. um, I'm gonna make make it easier to fundraise. That's for sure. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh! Um, so, so yeah, we need to we need to learn what beat baseball is. Before yeah, we, we need to. I, I just need some like what are some major differences between beat baseball and major league baseball? So. So um, there's a lot of made uh, differences uh, for starters. And instead of having, I think it's nine players in baseball, there's six um, in beat baseball. Okay. Um, oh, looking wow. at our defense, we have a shortstop, which in beat baseball is a shorty, um, a first baseman, a third baseman, um, a midfielder, and a rover. And depending on how you do your defense, you may have two deep outfielders, which are rover positions, or two shortstop, which is a shorty position. Um, perhaps the most prominent difference is the fact that everybody who plays beat baseball is blindfolded. Um, everyone, with the exception of pitchers, catchers, and the two spotters in the field, um, are all blindfolded. So... Um, that's a big difference. Um, there's Wait, no second base. Play. There's no second base in beat baseball. Um, once a batter hits the ball, one of two bases buzz, um, which is yet another difference. Um, 
And based on what base goes off is the base that the player has to run to. If the player gets to the base before the fielders in the outfield get the ball, it's a run. If the fielders get the ball before the runner gets to the base, it's an out. So how how is um, it determined which which base starts buzzing? I don't know. Is it? So it's very it's all random. Wow, and I think that's, that's part awesome. Of the, that's part of the challenge in the game. So you have to worry about the mechanics of swinging a bat. And you also have to pay attention to what base is going off. Because if you run to the wrong base, it can easily be an out for you. So. Right. Wow. Wait, so, and the ball beeps too, right? That's like The ball beeps. beeps as well. Okay. Um, and perhaps a good, interesting thing is um, we're not hitting off of a tee. We're actually being pitched to by a sighted pitcher. So it's a moving it's a, moving a lot target. of it is based on timing. Um there's a whole cadence to the whole pitching process. Um, you know, for the Boston Renegades, it's all based on the batter. So the batter starts the cadence by saying, okay, or um, usually saying coach. Um, our catcher, in a loud voice, says so that the defense can get set. Um, we'll say set. Um, the pitcher will say ready pitch. And somewhere between when the pitcher says pitch and when it hits the catcher's glove is when the batter is supposed to swing. So as you can see, a lot of it is based on timing. Okay. Wow. It is really different then. Oh, indeed. So now is the Um, pitcher, like in Major League Baseball, a lot of the skill is in the pitching. So is the pitcher just trying to hit corners and stuff or is he just trying to throw the ball so he can hit it? Basically, the pitcher is doing an underhand pitch, and it's generally like a softball pitch. So there's no curveballs or anything like that because it's hard enough to be able to just uh, worry about your cadence. So it's usually a straight underhand pitch. Um, So then if you run, so after you hit it, then it's going to go out there somewhere and then you've got to get to the buzzing base before the the fielders get to the ball exactly so while the base is going off and while the runners runner the fielders are basically trying to get to the ball right. now generally um, the defensive positions they try to divide the field up into zones yeah um, and that's where actually these Um, the spotters in the field come in. Um, They can, with their voice, provide some information as to where the ball is going um, by uttering a one-syllable word, you know, so... Do you guys have, like, code words? I'm sorry? Do you guys have, like, code words that you yell It's usually numbers, Kristen, actually. So... um, some will divide the field up into, say, six zones. And six, you know, one through six are all one-syllable words. So when the ball is hit, okay. um, the caller will actually Right, he'll be going four, 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 four. Is. And if you're in, if you're in zone exactly. four, you're like, this is me. I got to go get this thing. Exactly, exactly. Awesome. Um, also, you can give information about whether the ball is hard hit, whether it's a short hit ball, 
whether it's in the air or whether it's just a regular hit ball. So, for example, you may hear callers in the field once the ball hit is hit. If it's a fly ball, the spotter may say three. Oh, that means. Or if it's a hard hit, three. You know, really to give some indication as to what the ball is doing. And it helps to provide some information to the fielders as to how they need to react to the ball. Got it. Oh, wow. But gosh, that's so cool. There's so much strategy that they don't have in Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, indeed. And, you know, if you've even saw the Renegades play, you would see a lot of our coaching staff with clipboards. Um, our coach, Rob Weissman, is um, – you've never seen anyone so super organized. Every coach on our team – who goes to our games has some sort of role to play. Um, it's not uncommon to see our coaches with clipboards and they're paying attention to w- even what the other defense is doing. So um, that may come into play in terms of how our pitcher pitches. Um, even when other batters are batting, we can tell whether that person's a lefty, what type of a swing they have where they're likely to hit the ball. I mean, there's a lot of strategy in beat baseball. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't even imagine. Like, so much of my sports is based on sight because I'm a sighted person. Mm -hmm. And having to switch that to, like, oral or hearing or just, like, feeling proprioception and feeling my surroundings, that is the most difficult thing to me. That that would be so difficult. Yeah. I think... It takes a lot of practice to get used to. In fact, my coach will be the first to tell you about, you know, my rookie year. You know, I just couldn't hit the ball. And, you know, me wanting to be in the outfield was I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to hit or anything. Um, As time progressed, I got better at it. Um, We've learned ways to, you know, to polish up my swing. Um, I learned how to play defense a little bit, and I started having more of an ability to contribute to the team. And um, I don't know if anyone knows this about me, but I can be very competitive. So um, (laughs) in saying that, um, I want to be someone who contributes. I want to be able to bring it. So, you know, my second year in beat baseball, I started hitting the ball better. Um, And I just kind of went uphill from that. And um, that gave me the opportunity to be more of a contributing factor to the team that I played for. So it takes a lot of work. But if you're in, you know, for those who really work hard at it, you really can learn the sport with no problem. So what position do you play now? So right now um, I can play anywhere between first base, third base, or the rover position, which is in deep outfield. Um, I sometimes tell my coach that I'm born to DH because um, I sometimes like hitting the ball. That's the fun part. You know, you hit the ball, you run to a base, you score, you hear your teams. There's just nothing like scoring, you know. You run into that base, your team is, you know, cheering, and it. It just feels good, um, but it's good to be able to play both. Um, it takes a good degree of mental toughness to be able to be a, a two-sided player, defensive and offensive. Um, how did the Renegades do this past season? 
Um, I'm glad you asked. Um, well, <laughs> I didn't for the 2016 Beat Baseball season, there were like 20, 21 teams. Um, the Renegades had an amazing season this year as we placed second oh. in the 2016. Second place in the country? In the country, yes. What? Yeah. So now when you play, so you have your records, is there like a tournament at the end or playoffs where you, did you, yes. did you so, lost in the championship game? So yes, in late wow. July... Um, early August, we usually go to some city for a week, and that's when we play our week-long tournament. Um, this year, it was in Ames, Iowa. I was going to say, it better not be um, in freaking Texas, because it's 1,000 degrees down here at that time. No, <laughs> we've actually the, the had a tournament in Iowa. Houston. Um, oh, you did have one in Houston. 2008, 2009. Whoosh, that's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely hot. <laughs> but so you're in Iowa. Yeah, Iowa was kind of hot, too. Although, um, we've been to Ames, Iowa twice, um, home of the Cyclones. Um, And the first year we did it, it was extremely hot, extremely hot. Um, This year was actually a little cooler, a little. but So it was easier to play this year. So am I going to be able to find a beat baseball game here in either Austin, Texas, or somewhere around here? Like, is, is, is it just like most cities I can find this? So many of the states have a team. Um, okay, so it's, so, like, it's like rollerball where there's a state team or a, a local whatever, but then the, most, of the, most of the competition is interstate? Yeah, so in Austin, you guys have the Austin Jets. Actually, oh. oh, no, it's San Antonio Jets. It's the Austin Blackhawks. I'm sorry. What? So Austin Blackhawks. Um, they've been multi-time champions. Um, oh my! They Lord. also have the. Uh, they also have a team in Tyler, Texas. Um, another one in San Antonio. The San Antonio what the Jets. Hell? Like Texas is the fucking home of beat baseball. <laughs> right, so like, there's a lot of them. Right? So I assume since they're so together, like Every- Austin and San Antonio must play each other periodically, right? I'm gonna learn how um, to play. I'm gonna be a beat baseball player. I just have to wear blindfold, right? Yeah, um, you uh, generally we have only blind uh, people who are legally blind play. Discrimination. Yes, <laughs> there are situations when a sighted player can participate, um, but that's generally rare, few and far between. But it's very fun. I can um, pitch, right? So there's a lot of teams in Texas. Um, there's one in Chicago. Um, we played okay, the Chicago fun. Comet this year. Chicago Comet, okay. They usually practice out in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Um, Boston is the only team in New England um, at wow. this point. So. All right, so there, KSL, there is no world in which we don't look at all these schedules and next visit, either way, we're going to go to one of these games. Oh, my God, we're definitely going. <laughs> but we got to wait till the next season, though, because the season's over. Yeah, that's true, I guess. That's okay. Well, next year would be a great place to do it because next year it's going to be in West Palm Beach, Florida. Oh, yes, we're in. I'm going to the championship game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and hopefully, hopefully Boston will be there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Blackhawks bandwagon from now on. <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to show up to the game. <laughs> I already have a Blackhawks jersey, although it's in Chicago. It's probably a different Blackhawks. That's the same thing. No one will know. <laughs> I'll, no. Just, I'll wear my Chicago Blackhawks jersey to the game. 
<laughs> no one will see you there, Fun. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, congratulations on your second place. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. Thank you. I mean, it's it's truly a testament to the hard work that um, our team has put in through the last. Wow, we started in 2002, and we were really the team that everyone beat up on back in the day. Um, I, when I started playing in 2006, um, we were probably like 15th or 16th place or something like that. Um, in 2009 or 2010, you started seeing um, improvement in the Boston Renegades, and you know, from then to now, it was just such a tremendous improvement. Um, I mean, we couldn't have gotten where we've gotten today without, you know, our coaching staff. I mean, they these are all volunteers, and I think that's the thing that's important to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, these are volunteers, and we have a lot of coaches who devote their time to us, and we couldn't have gotten where we were um during the 2016 series without them. Um, our head coach, Rob Weissman, um, he's quite amusing to watch um, when he's coaching. Um, you know, he can be very, I would say, passionate, but he's also very dedicated. And, you know, it's we couldn't have gotten anywhere with without him. And also the work that, we the players put in. I mean, it takes a tremendous amount of mental toughness. I mean, there were times where teams were up on us. You know, we were losing by four points, and it takes a tremendous amount of mental toughness to be able to, you know, just, you know, take each at-bat, each inning at a time, each at-bat at a time, and just keep battling back. Um, So it's a tremendous team effort. Um, and the fact that we finished second this year is a testament to the hard work that we, as a team, uh, put in. Well, to, next year we're gonna—you better have that first place trophy. <laughs> I guarantee it. We're going for all it. Right. That number one spot is ours. Let's if go. I'm traveling all the way to Palm Beach and the Renegades don't win, I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I may fly out to Vegas and put some money down right now just based on this interview. The heart, the heart that our guest is showing right now. <laughs> it's awesome. And. Uh, Larry, what you're talking about, like, that's something that's universal to all sports. Like, it doesn't matter if you're playing baseball, football, basketball, or beat baseball, or major league baseball, or little league baseball. Like, that's what it's all about. Like, you do it because it's fun. You do it because you're passionate about it. So, I think that's awesome. It's amazing. And, I mean, knowing I, you know, I, I, I really do it because it's fun. And, you know, um... The Boston Renegades, in my opinion, we're like the New England Patriots of uh, beat baseball. We play oh, together. Are cheaters? Yeah, why are you guys cheating? <laughs> well, if you're a New Englander, you look at it as the New England Patriots play together. They're, you know, they're a united front. And the Boston Renegades are very much that. Um, you know, Watching us play is amazing. Um, we have calling cards for each player. 
Um, calling card is like a little cheer to, uh, you know, to pump up the player as he's okay, going wait, up the so bat. What's your cheer? Mine? Yeah. So um, the coach would say L Train. That's my moniker. That's my L-train. nickname. L Train, which is what I'm calling yeah, you. Yeah, now it's L Train from now on. <laughs> I, I have some, some fun. Insert, 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 insert train whistle here. So, an interesting story. Um, I've, they've been trying to find different uh, calling cards that fit me. Once upon a time, um, you know, it's all hail, Larry Hale. Sometimes they'll go to that. But my coach decided to do this L train thing. And my coach isn't good for bringing up calling cards because I usually look for something that's catchy and um, very exciting. Um, L train woo woo just wasn't exciting to me at the time. Um, But as things do, um, it kind of catches on. And, you know, um, yesterday um, during a celebration at the Woburn Lions Club um, held for us, um, the coach recounts a story about a, um, a child named Joe who watched us play during the World Series. And he was saying how after uh, this child attended the World Series, you know, he was on the plane going back to Canada because their family came to watch the World Series. That was their vacation. He was saying all the calling cards for the Boston Renegades. When I move, you move just like Fax, who's one, uh, Christian Faxon is one of our players. So his calling card is a playoff of a ludicrous song. When I move, you move just like Fax. (laughs) So, you know, he's singing all the calling cards to the team. And, um, you know, that's just the type of excitement we have as a team. Um, that's the type of excitement we bring when, you know, we're on the field. So if you do have an opportunity to come and watch um, a tournament, I strongly encourage it. Um, I think you'll find what most people find. A lot of people put their heart and soul into it. Um, You know, not just uh, the Boston Renegades, but, you know, every team that plays, um, the Indy Thunder, and congratulations to them for they were the champions this year. Um, you know, they they play hard. Um, we play hard. Um, we do it for the love of the sport. Um, and it's exciting. And you really see the athleticism that goes into playing the sport, the concentration that's needed to be had. Um you just see it all. It's really electrifying if you have the opportunity to watch it. Well, L-Train, I think uh, you need to share your PR uh, consultant with Jay Cutler because your answers to all these questions are making everybody fall in love with you and the sport. And I think, I think uh, so. No, but Larry is much more lovable than Jay Cutler. No, I, well, as I'm saying, like, you're, you're, but you're very genuine about it. And I know I'm joking that you have a, a, a PR consultant, but... Um, we, yeah, I, I can tell the genuineness coming out of your answers. So we appreciate it. Yeah. I'm definitely going to make it, make it an effort to go see, uh, some beat baseball. No, I, I really do encourage it. It's, it, it's really fun. Um, of course. you know, it's the fact that I 
every year find a way to uh, do the necessary fundraising to participate just shows how how much you know the sport means to me and when you think about uh, blind sports you um, unless you're a Paralympian um, and there are a few who play beat, beat baseball we, we will. Um, um, yeah there are a few Paralympians who play beat baseball um, you know for many people who are blind after you know going through PE or if Many people haven't had the opportunity to participate in team sports in this manner. So it just, the sport just does so much. Um, it gives people an outlet to really be a part of a team and to know what that means, um, to know what it's like to play as a team. Um, one of our, our, the CEO for the Boston Renegades, we're sponsored also by a company called the Association of Blind Citizens. Um, and the CEO, John Oliveira, once said, you know, beat baseball is a great sport because it doesn't just talk about sports. It talks about things that are necessary for life. Um, you know, being a team player, um, you know, really, you know, the teamwork, um, no pain, no game. If, you really want to be successful. You really have to work hard for it. Um, beat baseball is not just an outlet for sports, but it teaches so many life lessons um, as well. So there's just so much involved in it. It really is. Okay, L Train, I have a fun question for you. Related. Woo woo! <laughs> oh, it is train related. This is the one train related question you get. <laughs> So, Mr. Transit Nerd, if you could get a train ticket or a plane ticket anywhere, first of all, which would you pick, train or plane? And second of um, all, where would you go? Well, it would be a means to an end. It would be a plane to get to a specific train. Um, what? And you would take a plane to get to a train? Well... You got to realize one of the greatest transit networks in the world is probably Japan. I mean, they have oh. trains that go everywhere. Um, You've I traveled been to Japan. There. Huh? You've already been to Japan. I have been to Japan. I would go again. It's, oh, their yeah. network is that amazing. Um, you know, it's it's one of those places where you hardly need a bus because the trains go everywhere. It's just, uh, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, it's so orderly. It runs on time. Um, I'm sure they have train delays, but I didn't notice them. Um, yeah. it's, wow. It's just amazing. Um, the only thing that I would probably change is the ceiling heights because, um, for those who don't tall. know, I'm six foot three. Um, I'm pretty tall. So when you go into a building where you have to duck your head, that's, you know, that's a that's different for me. I'm not used to that. <laughs> so. oh wow, fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you, Larry L-Train. This is definitely L-Train. L-Train. <laughs> woo woo. L-Train. Woo woo. woo. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. We really 
really appreciate it, dude. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I know, like, I I just love talking with you. You have such a cool life and cool stories. So, thank you. Thank, thanks for inviting me. It's a great opportunity to kind of talk to people about the sport. And really, if you want to know more about the sport of beat baseball, please visit the National Beat Baseball Association's website at, you know, www.mbba.org. Um, or even go to the Boston Renegades website, um, which is blindcitizens.org slash renegades. And I believe on that, that first website, there is a link to all the different teams, which is how I got to the Austin Blackhawks. I've been playing on that here while we were chatting. But, uh, yeah, go to the nbb.org, and uh, you can check out all the different teams. If someone has a specific question for you, L-Train, how can, can they email you? Um, sure. If you have any questions about me um you can easily contact me um at my email address which is hail larry one or h-a-i-l-e-l-a-r-r-y the number one at icloud.com beautiful that's awesome and if you have any questions for uh the fitcast or have any comments or you've been to a beat baseball game That'd be great. Uh, we are KSelkFonsFitCast at gmail.com, so we would appreciate that. So thank you for being on with us today. Not a problem. Anytime. All right. That was awesome. I'm like, okay, so now I'm really excited for our second guest today. Yes. Who is also a blind athlete. We're like full of blind athletes. Like, <laughs> it's a great like, theme. I love I love this theme I know. on our podcast this week. Um, and so our next guest, his name is Nick. Okay. And he is a paratriathlete. And I just want to take a minute to tell the story about how I met Nick. Because right. this is hilarious and it makes me sound like an idiot. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear it. So I met Nick because there was a call out to get a guide because he's a blind paired triathlete. You know, they, they run and they, they compete with guides, sighted yep. guides. And so I got this call out and I was like, oh, he's competing in a race in Chicago. He's probably some average Joe. Like, I'm a pretty good triathlete. I can keep up with him. Well, so I contact him. And it turns out, first of all, he's competing in the world championship race. <laughs> so no way in hell am I going to keep up with him. Yeah. Second of all, like, so it was the ITU race, uh-huh. the World Championship ITU race, and they have all these weird rules. And so your guide has to be the same gender and nationality as you. Yeah, that's And right, yeah. Nick is competing for Ireland, and he's a dude. So <laughs> not only am I not qualified based on speed, but I'm just totally eliminated based on <laughs> everything. Everything. You're not 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 eligible. Oh well. Yeah, but we but we continued talking and we hung out after the race that day and we became friends. So oh, very cool. good to have you on, Nick. I'm so happy to be talking to you. Yes, me too. Yay. Um, so how long have you been competing in paratriathlon? So um, the, the very short story is I was um, very involved in athletics for maybe 15 years. And then, um, like many athletes, I guess, I saw that the paratriathlon is going to be um, for the first time in Rio. And that was in 2011. And at that time, I was I was dreaming about triathlon, but actually, I didn't know that there, there was triathlon for 
for athletes like me, for blind athletes. And then oh. when I saw it's going to be a new new sport for the Paralympic, uh, I was like, okay, so I guess it's possible. And I start to to make some research and everything. And I say, okay, let's let's do it. Uh, my results at that time in, in athletics were going down. So <laughs> maybe I lost a little bit passion after so many years. And uh, I, I like also to bike so the only thing i had to do was learning to swim so wait so you like had to learn to swim a couple of years ago yeah i had to i had to learn to swim in 2011 oh when i decided to do triathlon because i didn't swim before that but i was actually uh, involved in athletics as i said and also i like to ride bike uh so for sure, it's it's different in tandem, um, but yeah, I had to learn to swim to be able to do a triathlon. So I train, I give a try. I say, okay, let's do a first triathlon. Let's say I, I will have a look how it's going, and maybe it's for me, maybe it's not for me. And after the first triathlon, I enjoy a lot. Everything went very well, I would say. So. I was like, okay, let, let's do it and let's try to go for the Paralympics. At that time, we didn't know that the visually impaired uh, male wouldn't be at Rio, but uh, so I couldn't know that for sure. But so they didn't it, it doesn't have, matter. They didn't have a visually impaired division at Rio. Uh, they had the female, but not the male. Oh, to dumb. sum it up, to sum it up very quickly, uh, it's a little bit complicated, but there is uh, five category female and male so that's 10 category but it's not necessary and and six on the 10 categories were in rio so four were not there but it's not uh -huh. specially the, the same category male and female okay oh, got it oh that's so stupid. so yeah know that um i mean it's it's like yeah it's it's like in athletics they had just so many events so many category that they have to make a choice yeah, when it's I mean, limited, yeah, I when mean, it's limited to ten, you you say okay, we're gonna have whatever it's five and five or six and four, whatever it is. Uh, you pick whatever six sports would be best represented or whatever. And unfortunately, the male triathletes didn't make it. Well, with the visually impaired triathletes, right? Because right. there's different, like based on your disability, there's different divisions, right? So, like if you're a an amputee, a double amputee, like those are different divisions, right? Yeah, yeah, there's oh. five categories five categories and they're very they're very simple to understand you have the guys in and the girls in the wheelchair you have the uh would say amputee and that would be under or over the knee and would be the same like for the elbow if they have a you know if they have a arm or the complete arm or just the end or over or uh -huh. under the elbow that that would be different categories you have also the people that have um they still have their arms, but they're not able to use anymore because they don't feel anything anymore, so they don't have any strength. Yeah. They still have all their bodies, but they don't feel their muscles anymore. And the last category will be, yeah, the, the PT5. That's my category. That's the, the visually impaired. That's cool. So there are some differences in the way that things are kind of organized. Are there any differences in the sport itself? Like you still have to swim, bike, and then run, right? Yeah, yeah, the the sport itself it's exactly the same as the 
able body athlete as the valid athletes. The little difference would be, I would say, technical difference. Like, for sure, I'm not able to, to ride by myself, so I will use a tandem like the guys in the wheelchair will use a hand bike and a wheelchair for the run. Um, they could have prosthetic for the run if they are amputee. And it, in the sports itself, the little bit dif difference would be that um, we don't have the Olympic distance. The, the Paralympic distance is the sprint. So it's not the Olympic. Oh, I didn't know that either. Okay, so it's a sprint. This is, and that's what you competed in at ITU yeah, last right. year when I met you. Okay, cool. Yeah, so right. you you do the whole race with a guide, right? A sighted guide. Yeah, yeah, we are tethered during the swim and the run. Uh, we have to keep the space between us. It shouldn't be more than fifty centimeters, and the guide has to stay all along beside you if he's in front or behind. Um, it could lead to a disqualification if it's if he's in front too long. It will be considering as pulling you. So um, on the swim, on the run, it's it's the same same rules. And for for the bike, as I said, it's it's a tandem. It's it's actually the only part where the guide is also an athlete because on the run and the swim, he's is just guiding you. But on the bike, you have and you need a good pilot, but you need also a good rider, very very strong, very technical. Because, yeah, it's the only part where he can really help you win the race. Yeah, so you're on a tandem bike, so he's actually, like, helping you pedal. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're pedaling together, so we have to maintain the same pace. Oh. Um, he has also... You need to, to guide me also to say there is a turn coming, slow down maybe a little bit, push, there is a uphill, a downhill. You also need to communicate a lot uh, because of the turn. They are a little bit different than on, on a normal bike because because we are heavier and um, the tandem is, is longer. So it's harder to, to turn than, than a normal bike. So it, it's basically a lot of communication, I would say. Now, are you in the front or the back, and is it always going to be the same for all uh, all of the tandem bikes? Yeah, it's going to be the same for all the tandem bike. We all the visually impaired blind is going to be behind, but again, it's the same chain on the bike, yeah. so we not we not pedaling at different pace. I don't think there is any tandem bike that existing like that. So we have to maintain the same. Pace. If I'm pedaling, it will feel, and the opposite will be will be true. So, um, so yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'm just pedaling. But his braking is, he's um, changing the gear. Uh, he's he's guiding the bike. So, got it. Yeah, basically, yeah, I'm just I'm just pedaling. If I could say that. Um, yeah. So having a guide is really important. How do you how do you find these guides? Like obviously, I got a call out for it, but. Like normally, how do you find them? Yeah, it's 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 not very easy, as you said. There is many rules, so it will depend what kind of race I would do. If it's a local race and there's not those IT rules, and I can't have any guide, doesn't matter the nationality or whatever. Um, I will just trying to find someone that I know that uh, that I like to guide me and do the race. So it will depend also on the kind of event, if it's a duathlon, aquathlon, triathlon. You know, there's so many things um, 
in in the triathlon in the sports itself um like duathlon so maybe it's easier because you don't have to find someone that is able to swim and swimming when you're visually impaired it's again a little bit more complicated as the guy that has to, yeah because the guy that has to guide you so he has to look in front but also beside during swimming it's it's not easy in a swimming pool when you have to look but on, on a choppy water, sometimes it's, it's get harder. Yeah. So ab about your question, yeah, depending on on what is the event, I could I could get some help from from the federation or from France or basically it's like like the call you receive. I would I would make a call and hopefully someone will will respond and will try to meet. It's it's very hard to find a guy that that is always with me especially when traveling so yeah. the, the easiest thing is is to make a call there's almost every time someone that's that's gonna answer to that call well we have a lot of uh listeners who are triathletes very few of them are probably at your level but in case somebody is interested what's in the you said the federation what's the name of the organization that uh that assists that helps you with that um, I was talking about the, the national federation. So each each country has a national federation, and even you're not competing for performance, but you just gonna you just want to do a triathlon at a local level. You can you can contact your national federation because of the because of the Paralympics, and especially in the United States, there is also. A, development program that will help any athlete blind or in a wheelchair if he wants to take part of a triathlon even it's a it's a triathlon for valid but he just want to compete there just to give a try like me like i did at the beginning there, there will be people that might be able to do it because again because of the paralympics there are program in in every of the national federation that that are working for making that kind of things possible for Paralympic athletes. That's cool. If you wanted to be a sighted guide, is that an organization you could reach out to to say, hey, I want to do this? Yeah, actually, uh, in the United States, um, there is something, um, I think the name is United Nation. Can you verify that? Yeah, we'll look it up. Uh, we'll, look it up. <laughs> we'll verify it later. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll look it, we'll look it up and we'll put it up on the on our feed on our Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, it would be very interesting because uh, it's the it's actually the first um, the first country um, that has started something like this. So it's like it's like an application. It's like on the internet. Um, if you are a runner or a triathlete anywhere in the United States, you put you want. You said, oh, I want someone for training, for racing, even it's just for a run or for a triathlon. And so you could be the athlete, but you could be also anyone, a valid athlete and want to be a guide. And you can respond to those calls or you can just put yourself in the database and someone can contact you. And, and I don't know if you are in Texas and if you want to race in Chicago for any reason, you can see who's registered in, in the area of Chicago. That's cool. That's a really cool system that they have set up. Yeah, there is another thing uh, in the UK. I think it's called guide running. It's the same principle. You, you can register as a guide or as an athlete. 
Um, but but I, I think it's the only two countries that have that kind of, um, let's say, free free application. Okay. So it would be very interesting to see if it could be worldwide one day. But but it's great that they have started that in the U.S. for sure. Well, you know what? I'm going to say something here. My guess is that, and I've done a bunch of triathlons in my life. I'm not as fast as you, but, um, you know, and I've also assisted um, with organizations and other other parts with um, non-able-bodied people. But it's it's easily the most fulfilling race I did was when I was helping out, um, you know, with, with someone else's race. It's, it's just a great experience. You know, the, the, the finish when you cross the finish line. Um, I, I, my, the organization I did it for was my team triumph, which helps out, uh, kids who aren't, aren't able to do it. And, you know, we're towing and tugging and pushing on the bike and all that stuff. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's the most fulfilling experience I could have been involved in, in the triathlon world. So I encourage everyone to get involved either in, uh, my team triumph or one of these organizations to help out the, the blind runners. Great. Yeah. I need to bring something up because, so you compete for the Irish, national federation right yeah, yeah i compete for for ireland now no offense but you don't sound irish <laughs> yeah so what's up with that yeah unfortunately i think everybody i, I don't know I'm, i think everybody especially girl would find the irish accent very sexy but i don't <laughs> have it so I, i couldn't benefit from that so yeah it's it's very sad um So it's it's very simple. It's just like uh, my my mother is Irish and my father is Belgian, but I grew up in Belgium. I'm living in Belgium, but I make the choice to race for Ireland because I feel, let's say, more close culturally to Ireland. So also for for many other reasons, for sports reasons, for the infrastructure, for how the country treat their Paralympics athlete and all these kind of things I think I think it was a good decision um, so that that's the the reason why I'm racing for for Ireland maybe there's a chance that one day Belgium would be at the same level as many let's say English speaking country like America Canada Australia that very good at the Paralympics Right now, it's 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 not the case. There's not a lot of development in infrastructure, so would be it would be possible to race for Belgium, but um, it it would be very very hard and very different. Ireland is offering much more to their Paralympic athletes, and I don't, I don't know yet how many medals they have, but. Uh, In London, they had a lot of, uh, of medals. Wow, that's cool. That's awesome. I'm glad that you found kind of a, a good support system for yourself as an athlete. But you train in in Belgium then, right? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I train. As I'm based in, in Belgium, I am, I'm training in, in Brussels. Um, I, I'm living near, so a wood. I'm living near a wood, so I'm able to go running over there very easily. It's not far, maybe five minutes from my flat, so I can just go there and have a running very easily. Um, so we have some questions from our listeners. Yeah. Um, you got I, two of them, I believe, right? 
Yep, we have two of them. So I can go ahead and send you those. So um, one of our listeners asked what your bike is like, which you've already explained a little bit about it. But Yeah, okay. So um, my bike is a tandem bike. It's um, not because it's my bike or because it, it's my sponsor, but it's it's one of the best tandem bike ever because it's very light. It's... Um, it's a Matrix, the brand. It's my Matrix cycle from Great Britain. Um, yeah, what it made special is because it's it's very very light. If you if you try to take it in your hands, you you would be surprised. And most of the people that try to carry the tandem were surprised that it was actually lighter than their own single bike. Wow. So a lot of your training, then I imagine, because you don't probably have always access to a guide. A lot of your training is just on a stationary bike, then. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do most of my bike training on on, on a home trainer, like yeah. you said. Yeah, as a it's it's also easier because I'm I'm living in a city which which is not yet very uh, bike friendly. It's it's not hard to go out of the city, but still it will take you sometimes, and there's not a, a lot of road inside the city, so. Um, so yeah, if you want to train properly with the tandem, you have to go a little bit outside the city, but that's a different thing. You know, you have to to find someone, you have to find the car that that is big enough to transport the tandem. So yeah, it's a complete different organization. But uh, going on your own trainer, it's much easier. Okay, another question that we had from our listeners was: Do all races? have a blind division or I guess a para triathlete visually impaired division and what is your next race coming up you mean all the tri like the ITU or um I I guess like if I, I I don't really know what the listener meant but maybe like if I were to just do a triathlon in my neighborhood yeah blind people also do it yeah yeah any any kind of race is open um, I don't think there is any rule that would limit the, the the race for for any blind. It's it's always better if there is no notification that you send an email or try to reach the organization to say you're gonna come with with a guide and with a tandem bike. It's also more interesting regarding entrance and all these things because. You always register for yourself as an athlete, but some will ask the the, the guide to register to oh. as a second athlete. So it's always better to be sure to reach the organizer. But um, you can't do it. No, it's it's always possible. And in the ITU, if it's a part triathlon race, there would be the the five uh, the five race. Some of there's only few races that are not possible for the wheelchair. Uh, but those are most on long distance. If it's an ITU paratriathlon event, um, there would be all of the five category. Uh, and if it's in Ironman right now, there's only just uh, the wheelchair. So there's not like categories like in ITU. So a blind have to race in the open division like amputee or other Paralympic athletes that are not in wheelchair. But uh Hopefully there will be something, maybe not like in the ITU with five categories, but maybe a little bit more than just an open category for, for Ironman race. I'm sure there's many athletes that would love that. 
Oh, that's really cool. Okay, so you could still compete, but it's kind of better to compete against people in your same visually impaired division. Like, that might be an advantage, right? Uh, I mean, it, it's different. Again, um, it's always depending on what you're looking for. If you're looking for performance, if you're looking to have fun, if it's a triathlon for winning something or if it's just for, like, training, yeah, it, it's up to you, I would say. I don't know. What was your question again? Sorry. Um, well, I was just wondering, like, if there are any advantages to racing with the visually impaired category, in your opinion. Yeah. Um, if you're racing against others visually impaired, you, you would know where you are yourself. You would know what you need to improve. Okay. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So it's not necessary that you need to race against other, but it's always good to know where you are regarding your own category. I can just picture myself uh, on a doing a triathlon, and I'm you know I'm cruising on my bike. I'm not super fast on my bike, but then when a tandem bike came whipping past me, I'd be like, "Hey, what's going on here?" Because you got double the double the manpower on that bike. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cheating. <laughs> That'd be yeah, my exactly. first reaction. What's, yeah, what's your? How fast do you go in uh, on a, on a tandem bike? Like you know, we're we're pretty happy when we're hitting about twenty miles an hour or so. Uh, can you? You're going much faster than that, aren't you? Kilometers. If, if it's if it's flat, the the thing that people have to understand it's at the end of the race, it's maybe not gonna make it a huge difference, especially when it's like very short, like on a sprint sprint yeah. triathlon. For for the reason that um, when you are on the tandem again, like for the turn, you have to break earlier, okay. and it you will take a little bit more of time to to get on your normal pace after a turn. All these seconds that you are losing on every turn on on any technical part, a, a valid athlete, which is on a single bike, maybe you will pass him if, when it's flat, but it will come back on the turn. So, and, and also when it's, for sure, if it's flat or it's going down, it, it will be easier for for the tandem. Yeah. But every time it's going up, even we are two on the bike, it means we have to carry that the weight. Yeah. So, so at the end of the race again, if it's a short race, it won't make a, a big difference. On a longer, on a longer event like Ironman, it it would be different. But um, but yeah, everything is. It's like depending on what what is the field, how is the race, if it's windy and all all these things. Uh, got it. Okay, great. Um, okay, I have one last question for you, and this is the most important question of the whole interview. Yeah. Um, Nick, so last time we hung out after the ITU race in Chicago, yeah. I introduced you, and yeah. I'm going to take full credit. I introduced you to Giordano's Deep Dish Pizza. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And Garrett's popcorn. And so with that said and with those experiences, you know, what, what's your favorite Chicago food? For sure, it's the pizza. Nice. Because you didn't like the popcorn. You thought it was so weird. It, it was a little bit weird. But um, what was great, it was like, um, what was funny, uh, we, we took the, the smallest pack, but even that, I had 
something to eat for the next three days. Oh yeah, Garrett's popcorn. So it, for those listeners who don't know who aren't from Chicago, Garrett's popcorn is cheese popcorn mixed with caramel popcorn. And it's like a sweet and salty thing. And they put them in these like giant ass containers. Like you could get like gallons of it. <laughs> yep. It's insane. And yeah. so yeah, we got the smallest bag. We Hopefully, each got a bag. It was huge. Yeah, it was huge. Hopefully we, we just... We just took the smallest one. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us, Nick. This was awesome. Um, I learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners learned a lot. So now, like, I am I feel like I'm an expert on beat baseball. I feel like I'm an expert on paratriathlon. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've had we've had quite the lineup of, uh, of guests here. And, Nick, before before we go, can you tell us uh, an email address if, if one of our listeners wants to call you or email you? Yeah, yeah. My my email is my name, so it's D E W A L Q U E N. So my name is Dewalk N for Nick. So that's my email, Dewalk N at hotmail.com. But but you can find me on on Facebook very easily too. Fantastic. Well, th- thank you so much for coming on. Uh, enjoy your training, and uh, before you, do you have any races coming up? Oh yeah, that was the question. That's right. Do you have any races coming up? Oh yeah, I have um, actually a duathlon, a sprint duathlon tomorrow. So um, oh not not sure in in miles, but uh, in kilometers, it's like five uh, k. First five k on the run, twenty k on the bike, and two point five k on the run. So uh, I like duathlon because and, uh, I'm not a very strong swimmer. And as I said, I start with athletics, so I like the run a lot. And duathlon, it's very, very hard, very, very fast. So it's always, always great race I have on duathlon. So that's my next race. And after that, I'm going to do a swim run in in Great Britain. Oh my gosh! When is that one? Uh, it's, I think from now it's like three weeks, three or four weeks. Oh, wow. You've had a crazy season. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me and giving me the opportunity to explain a little bit more about our sports. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's uh, move on. I guess our mailbag segment was uh, was the listeners asking uh, asking questions for Nick. So uh, we're gonna yeah, we'll skip that. Adjust one. that. Yeah. So, uh, but let's move on to our next segment, which is my favorite segment. Uh, Your favorite things. My, our favorite things segment, sponsored by Live Love Paddle, the uh, uh, the best kayaking tours in Austin. So uh, let's with talk. The, with the hottest tour guide. Yeah, I don't know about that, but <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Tali is definitely a good-looking guy that who I work with. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. Well, let's move on, uh, partner. Do you want to do your favorite thing first, or should I? Yeah. So my favorite thing, and Nick, if you're still with us, you can weigh in on these too. <laughs> okay. Um. So my favorite thing are my favorite things are race medals oh and now fun i know how you feel about race medals because you just get you race so much you get so many medals what do you do with your medals at the end of each season they stay around at the end of the season but they get discarded unless there's something special about one of the races which i haven't had yet um they get discarded when i race my 
first race of the following season. So typically when I was in Chicago, that would be in February, March, whatever, if there's a cold run that I'm doing, like a Valentine's run or some sort of spring run. The day I get my first medal, the other ones go out. So you throw them out. You Gone. just get rid of them. Gone. I'm reduced clutter out of my life. So right I just started reusing my race medals because yeah sometimes they're just annoying and it's like well i don't even care about this 5k that i ran 34 minutes like what the fuck so you're reusing them you just go i'm to reusing them you go, you so, go to the yeah so what i'm doing i'll save the ones that are special to me like my first marathon my first half iron man i save those like any races where i place and you get like a special first place age group medal i'll save those but my other medals i turn to pinterest which I never do. I like never do that. And so I've made posters and magnets out of my race medals. Oh, fun. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, it's super fun. Like it's just cool to have it. It's a cool conversation piece. Now they're making a lot of the race medals where they have the beer, the bottle openers on them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen so that. So it's like a coaster and a bottle opener now. It's cool. I like it. Yeah, very cool. When you said you reuse them, I thought what you would do is go back, like, to the following year, just to that race, like the 2017 version of that race, and then just put the medal around your neck and go pick up free food. <laughs> I raced with last year's medal. On. <laughs> no, 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 you, you skip the race. You skip the, you skip the race. You just go and get the free food. Hey, I got a medal around my neck. Give me some free food. Oh my God. <laughs> but no, I love your idea. That's a great way to do it. That is a fantastic way to do it. Yeah, cool. and so I want to know what our listeners do with their medals. Like, do you guys do anything fun with your medals, or do you toss them like Fonz does? Yeah, so, there, there's there's places in between just throwing them away and making coasters. Probably some people have boxes or trophy rooms. Yeah, like, like I'm sure people have metal boxes that are just sitting in their attic somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of our, our, our marathon guests that we had on, Dallas and Matt, who uh, probably have thousands of those things. Oh my God! Yeah, no, I yeah. What do they do with theirs? When if you run like four marathons a year, do you even care anymore? <laughs> I don't. Speaking of which, uh, before I go on to my favorite thing, I believe our former guest Matthew Martin is currently running as we are recording this. He is. He's running a fifty miler. Yes. So he'll be. He'll be. He's been running since when I started swimming this morning, and when I took my shower, and we're recording, and when I ate my lunch, my nap. He's gonna be running that whole time. Oh my god and i'm sure he'll keep that medal yeah oh yeah i'm sure so i do have my favorite thing to share as well what is your favorite thing Fonz? oh it's so cliche but it's such my favorite thing right now and it is a franchise called the chicago cubs go cubbies we they are, clinched the playoffs we are so excited for them to have finished uh finished the the beating up on st louis part of the year because you know cardinals uh, but yes, they have won the division with two weeks to go. They've uh, won the division and looking forward to the playoffs. And you know what? I'm I'm very lucky to have good friends because I do have a ticket secured for the playoffs while I'm going to be up you in Chicago next back. month. Yep. So uh, uh, it's a game seven ticket, which is really exciting. Except that game seven doesn't always happen, so my ticket may become worthless. But uh, hats off to the uh, to the Chicago Cubs, the Chicago Cubs, and uh, their their. Uh, championship season this season. Go, let's go! Yes, 
That's so exciting. I'm so excited. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited. Uh, Nick, so you've got an idea of what our favorite things are. Uh, it's just a way for us to, to brag or talk about something that we really, really liked. What's, what's your favorite thing this month? This month was the Paralympics. So the Paralympics would be in your favorite things list. Yeah, for this month, yeah, for sure. Um, because it, it gets more and more broadcast, so it's a great thing. It's not... Still not the same as the the Olympics, but it's getting more and more attraction. Uh, there's more and more media that's covering the the Paralympic Games. Uh, I still would like to love to to see everything everything live because m- a lot of the things are recorded. But uh, but still, yeah, I like to watch the competition. It doesn't make it not because I'm a Paralympic athlete myself, but just because. It doesn't matter for me if it's if it's a an able body or or a disabled athlete. For me, it's still sports, and I like to watch sports. So I would like to see anything that is related to sports. So if it's the Paralympics, I like to to watch the competition. So it's great, especially that the, you know the paratriathlon and the, the canoe were the two new sports, but they were not live. So. That was a little bit sad, but but still, yeah, probably, probably, probably sorry that the Paralympics are my favorite things of this month of September. Fantastic. That's well, cool. yeah, thanks for that input on that. And K-Salk, what a great episode we've had here today. This um, was fun. We need to do more double guest episodes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, 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 is a, it is a great thing. Unfortunately, because of time constraints, we couldn't get them both on at the same time to share stories. But, um, uh, you know, we can do that in the future as well. So um, I guess that's all we have for today. Kesalk, am I going to see you next month? Fuck yeah, you will. Go, Cubs, go. <laughs> Fuck yeah.